0: No Airbnb experience, no sales experience, and no real estate experience, yet Kyle Collette and Cooper Knudsen were able to add close to 20 properties in their first year and a half of doing this business, and now they're an inspiration to others who are trying to get in. You're going to learn from them today right here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain, you have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb, but I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. Welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast and YouTube channel. You're listening to me, Kyle Stanley, and I'm really excited today to talk with Cooper and Kyle. They're actually one of my very first students when I got into educating others on how to be able to do this. And I can tell you guys, this was not an easy path for them. They did not have a refined sales pitch. They did not have the experience of how to be able to to underwrite the deals or to evaluate markets. They definitely didn't have the sales experience or the short-term rental uh, management experience. They didn't have any of it, but they had a really strong reason why. And and that's what you're going to learn today is that Kyle especially had a really strong reason of why he wanted to get into this, why he wanted to help others, why he wanted to do it for his family. And that has really pushed them to be able to find A ton of success in this business in a short amount of time. So, with that, we want to really dive into this topic, but I also want to make sure that you are set up with Price Labs. If you haven't already set yourself up with Price Labs, you need to. And all you can do, all you need to do is go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash Price Labs. From there, can get a free 30-day trial and an onboarding call with their team to be able to set up your properties and know the best way to optimize your pricing. We're talking higher occupancy, higher rates, less time spent on your calendar. It's a no-brainer, and you can do it for 30 days for free. There's no better way out there to to test something out than a free trial, right? So go do it again, fearlesskyle.com forward slash price labs. But for now, we're going to get to it with Kyle Collette and Cooper Knudsen talking about their incredible story of really just perseverance right here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. Uh, we're here live on Airbnb Masterminds with uh, uh, two guys that are close to my heart because literally one of the first students that I've ever had in short-term rentals and in the Airbnb space, Cooper Knutsen and Kyle Collette um, out of California here and uh, just- you know, I'll, I'll share the story here of how we met in a second, because it's just, to me, like, that's even crazier, the, the, whole, the whole story behind it. But I want to get started here and talk about your guys' success. I want to talk about um, really something unique that both of you bring to the table. You were able to jump into short-term rentals from an arbitrage side, but as soon as you got some of that, you know, proof of concept, a lot of people started asking you, hey, how can we partner with you? And and I think you've got some really unique deals that are going to provide a lot of value. For those of you that are listening right now, make sure that you get some questions ready. I know you're going to have some, especially with this really unique idea of being able to create more net worth with other people's money through the Airbnb model. But guys, what do we got? Craziest Airbnb story. Who's got it for me?
1: I'm going to let Cooper take this one because I feel like he already knows.
2: <laughs> I, I think we got different ones now i, I think we have much different ones now I, mine is the breckenridge uh ac fiasco oh yeah let's hear it okay so we basically get uh an insurance uh client that was staying there for about two months They're, they signed a lease they signed everything um pretty much right as we're leaving for breckenridge the ac goes up so we have uh someone kind of look at the electronics and the ac is still out so we go and get a bunch of portable acs we're like we'll be able to buy our time just get the place all taken care of um we go through we try and go through um home insurance Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: from home insurance home
1: warranty warranty. yeah there
2: we go home warranty home insurance is much different home warranty they like to jerk you around we've dealt with them before and since we're in a very hot climate, we get to claim that it is extreme heat and it mm. is an emergency. Okay. Plus, at the time we had, per- when the person who signed the lease was over 65. So, therefore, it's an mm. elderly person. So, but we hook up all of this equipment to the, uh, we hook up all these extra uh, portable AC units to all of the outlets mm-hmm. and all the rooms so the place should be cool um again home warranty is taking their sweet time on all of this you have to run mm-hmm. through their contractor and you basically have another 24 hours i'm calling them pretty much every day um until the end of this process i didn't get any direct u.s line so it was all just calling overseas waiting about an wow. hour to talk to somebody to basically say this isn't acceptable but again we had all the port c units then we had too much power on the actual breaker system oh no so at that point it was like what do we do do we change the breaker do we do this do we do that and then the toilets decided to flood
0: what
2: yes the the toilets flooded literally like a day or two after we're trying to figure out the breaker situation they're turning it on and off but the Back, both bathrooms back up in flood. So when what it rains, happened, pours. Uh, when it rains, it pours. I think yeah. it was honestly a blessing, which I'll break down a little further. But what happened was the tree roots grew into uh, the pipe. It's right along the street. They grew right in. So we had rotor Rotor come clean that out. They also did our um, water restoration, which they had finished with on monday they pulled out all their equipment so we're waiting to reconstruct the system or reconstruct the bathroom for from the water damage
1: just to add a little bit to this so that triggered um in insurance with which allowed us to you know do a formal claim and it made it so it was technically uninhabitable even though the ac should kind of do that but the ac is wear and tear so it doesn't trigger home insurance so that Mm. allowed us to move this uh this this guest by the way that they were in our house through an insurance claim (laughs) which is kind of yeah they're in the house so we we basically now we're able to trigger our insurance to displace them to one of our other open units that we were able to block off so um and cooper just killed it with the guest communication and like gave us you know uh five stars through um through the insurance third-party agency still um even Mm. with with all these issues so oh it was gosh. just like the most insane thing and I think we're finally uh, they they've they've been back at the house for a bit but const- like we were still finishing up some stuff they were just really happy that they could continue using the pool so that was like yeah. Yeah, you can continue using the pool like
0: <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh we,
1: yeah so it
0: wow was, uh, wow 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 well hey you guys the the important thing is you found a way to to get all that solved and and that's the advantage of having multiple properties so you can actually go in there and and reassign them so um guys really quickly before we jump into your story and how you were able to to build your portfolio give us a quick snapshot um of where your portfolio is today how many units where are they located co-hosting arbitrage ownership just a little bit of a breakdown in in 20 or 30 seconds here
1: yeah so um Um, Basically right now we're at a total of 15 units. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is within 10 properties. Um, Arbitrage, we have three arbitrage properties and then um, co-hosting, we have four, um, four co-hosting deals. So, and then that basically leaves three, three owned properties.
0: Okay, cool. And those three owned properties, uh, are all of them, the, the multi-unit version?
1: No. So, uh, the, the one that we were actually just discussing that has two units and then, uh, another property in Oakhurst that I have equity interest in has two units. Um, and yeah, both of these properties we've done, uh, construction to convert, uh, to units and we can break mm-hmm. that down in a little bit. And then uh, I also do have my personal property that I purchased in Colorado. So I, I nice. you know, I use that in the, in the, in the count, but
0: yeah. So yeah. So- Three different markets, 15 properties, uh, Fresno, Colorado, and Oakhurst. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, eh, I want to hear the struggle. Let's let's go back to the very beginning. First of all, why, why did you guys decide to get into short-term rentals? What was, what was like that aha moment of like, this is where I want to go? And give a little bit of background on what you guys were doing and, and Kyle, what you're still doing today as your full-time jobs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me, let me, let me go first here, uh, Cooper. Um, So basically uh, I've always kind of been interested in real estate. My uncle flipped houses in Colorado during the, the recession. So I kind of got like a little taste of, you know, what someone's life could kind of look like with a good real estate investment. So I was mainly just thinking I'd be a real estate agent for time flexibility. That was kind of like I I've I've been kind of over my engineering job for <laughs> quite a while. So yeah. I'm still working uh full time as an engineer. Um and basically February of uh, 2020 uh a, um an older friend of my my dad's brought me to a Fortune Builders uh conference. Oh, I didn't I didn't oh. know that about you. <laughs> I know I, I thought I mentioned that I had, you know, so many other conversations, but um oh. basically like I almost went through that full thing like I was ready to like just you know put probably too much of my 401k into like their whole like overpriced sales thing Um, and. um, And you know I again no comments about like actually what they provide because I technically didn't do it, but my uncle was like no go get a personal mentor. And, uh, you know, that's going to be the the, these that business isn't going to do what I think is going to need for you. So that's kind of what put me on just really absorbing all this knowledge from bigger pockets. And then, um, you know, Cooper and I got. went golfing and I kind of talked to him about it and light bulbs just kind of went off for him. He started listening to podcasts from bigger pockets and we were really close to purchasing a, uh, we, we had a pre-approval loan, purchasing a, um, out of state, uh, rental property in, Mm -hmm. um, Huntsville, uh, Alabama. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. We had an agent, a property manager, all set up. Um, and, um, yeah, no, that was, that was, uh, that was kind of, uh, interesting stage that we're at and then my uncle said like no get your get your mentor local try to find a local market which you know nowadays I don't think is necessary but that's what kind of brought us to Mm uh you know Fresno in general what kind of made us look in Fresno because the the price of that was you know what I could handle with my DTI at the time um because I still I owned a house my primary and so um and then I was able to actually use some of Cooper's income to, to boost us up, to be able to potentially purchase some. So we just, you know, we're, we're on that process and this is during pandemic. So like, there's no real estate meetups, which we were like kind of trying to do uh, a bit at the time. And so, um, <clears throat> that's kind of, and then basically, you know, I guess I'll just go into how we met Cooper was kind of looking around and searching and he did find calls, calls like website, but also um, somehow I found out through one of my close friends that was also pretty, you know, very close friends with, you know, Kyle Stanley. And so, you know, we did it like our, our setup call and kind of got able to break that down and then kind of the rest is history.
0: Yeah. Well, what's funny to me is Cooper, you reached out to me, right. And we had a conversation and I was kind of like this, I can tell this guy kind of thinks I'm a joke. (laughs) <laughs> like I remember you being on the other end of the phone being like so how can you help us and I, and I was talking to you and you're like okay interesting and, and then and then I get a call from Kyle like two weeks later and he's like hey you talked to my my business partner Cooper last week and I was like oh yeah I didn't really think I'd hear back from you guys and he's like well I don't know if we were gonna reach back out but then I it turns out that I was I'm really good friends with natalie and you said her name and i was like how do you know natalie and you know she lives three hours away and you just happen to be really good family friends and i helped her in a different business from a different life and like just you know crazy how how things kind of come back around but um you guys really in the beginning and and i want to ask this question especially to cooper you guys in the beginning you know we we started kind of working together and i was showing you the ropes but it was not you know Butterflies, unicorns, rainbows right out of the gate. what What was that like in the beginning?
2: So, in the beginning, uh, we are located we were originally located at a Gerari, which is South Bay Area, Fresno, which is the market we decided to go in based on home value prices and the Airbnb prices and what we could truly afford, along with their willingness to be uh, an Airbnb market. Like the Bay Area has very strict rules and you have to jump through a million hoops to get even in an Airbnb good situation in the Bay Area. So I was honestly commuting back and forth some days, two hours each way uh, to go and give pitches. And what had happened was I got to a point where we started keeping me there for a week so i could do more pitches um at the time we didn't have as straightforward as a process we do now to identify properties i was taking pitches with anybody Mm. Uh, i would take it with the low level person at an apartment complex okay and those meetings honestly gave me some tools down the road so it's they weren't a waste of time they allowed me to practice my pitching um Up until recently, I would describe myself as a poor salesperson. I think that's a bad mindset to be in. And ultimately you need to have confidence in yourself, confidence in the information you're doing. So knowing your information and then knowing how to respond to questions with other questions is a good strategy for that. But so kind of back to where we were at, we were in Fresno. And I was probably going back and forth between Fresno and Gary once to twice a week at least. Mm. I'm also working a part-time job at this point. Uh, It's on and off with COVID. Uh, I work at a casino, um, really flexible hours. And they like, I quite literally have worked there once in the last five weeks. And they're just like, okay, when can you work next? Nice. So it's a, it's a very flexible job for me in that sense. But I was kind of going back and forth. I was trying to figure out this situation. And uh, we had our breakthrough. Uh, we had scheduled, I actually, actually was like, I got a free Friday. Let, let's go down and do pitches together. And it was quite literally our last pitch of the day. None had gone too smoothly. And we were like debating do we go, do we not? The guy, was on Facebook Marketplace, put a, had the house up. It, it said it was for his mom. So we didn't even really know what was going on. We're like, do we do this? Do we not call it a day? Cause this is like 5 p.m. at this point. And we said, let's go do it. And it really just comes down to finding that right person. Mm-hmm. Talking to decision makers. She was the decision maker in the family. So we were what ideally she was looking for. She was looking for a person for one year. And she was gonna sell the place while we were still there. And they were gonna put basically a bunch of apartments and condos on the property. So it was a very big property. It was out in the edge of town, but it worked out great. It was exactly what we needed to really get our business rolling. Uh, It was a four bedroom, hadn't been truly updated since like 1970.
0: Wow. Okay. So I guess the, the big thing that I take away from this is you were driving sometimes four or five hours a day, going back and forth to try to do some pitches. They were not going well at any point were you guys just thinking, man, is, is this the right industry for us? Is this the right fit for us? Like what was some of the the negative talk over here in the back of your mind?
2: Yeah. The negative talk was number one at the, at that point in time, I thought I was a ter- terrible salesperson. Mm. Like I, I, I I don't ask the right questions. I say, uh-huh. And I just like try and give them the answer. I think they're looking for rather than trying to present different options. But the negative talk was pretty much always there. It was, uh, are we ever going to get a place? All we need, but the one thing that kept us driving, all we need is one place. That's all yeah. we need. We did. We need one yes. And mm. like having talking to other people like Lame, uh, for example, he said he had 26 notes before he had his first yes. And yeah. that dude can sell almost anything in my opinion. Yeah. So like at that point, like I think my number was around 40. Yeah. yeah there, was, there, there was a lot of notes. There was just, and then it was just like I'm paying, not, compared to now, not so much in gas, but it was like I'm paying a lot of my time. I'm just burning the midnight oil trying to hit all these meetings and trying to schedule with schedule people who may not even want to hear from us. And, or we're not talking to the decision makers. Yeah. So one thing I definitely learned from uh, doing those pitches is to talk to decision makers. Yeah. That, that's the number one thing I can emphasize is the message is not going to get brought to the decision maker clear from whoever you talk to. Yeah. So, if you can try and get their contact information, whatever it is, try and get in that decision maker's ear rather than have a representative of theirs tell mm-hmm. them what's up.
0: Yeah Well, I want to get to some other learning lessons along the way here, but I just want to commend you guys, and I also want to use this. This is part of why I wanted you guys to to jump on um, and and be on the show because, I think a lot of people in their minds, right? They hear about this really simple idea of, wow, I can lease and then sublease on Airbnb and I'm going to be the best tenant because I don't bring all that baggage that other long-term tenants have. I can fix things right away. I can pay rent on time. I'm not going to be a squatter, yada, yada, all these things, right? But then we get no's Then we get more no's and we get more no's and most people That I talk to, they say I've gotten way too many no's. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. First question I ask is, how many people have you talked to? How many landlords have you talked to? Answers usually between three to five. You guys talked to forty, literally talked to forty managers, leasing agents, property managers, uh, homeowners before you got your first yes. I've heard of over a hundred. The big difference that I see in you guys versus the people that are like, hey, we're just trying it, is that you 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 didn't want to make this business work. You needed to make this business work, Kyle. I know that you know at the time, um, and, and I want to. In fact, I don't even want to give that answer. I want What was driving you, Kyle, especially to jump into this? That made you say, "Hey, we've got thirty nos. We got thirty five nos. It's okay. We're gonna keep on going." What was driving you at that moment?
1: <clears throat> I mean, vision, right? My my why is really strong. Um, and that's you know, that's gonna be really important for anyone to figure out. So like the the and I'll just explain just a little bit of you know what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and please do. Um so um my dad passed away in um <clears throat> in 2015. So and that like brought so many extended family members together. That like I had not seen and you know, uh, or really didn't really even know because it's been over a decade since I've seen a lot of these people and it was like, wow, this like why did this happen or what can I do to you know, you know actually create relationships with these people that are so similar to me so uh, my my basically like my uh, my passion for a good family life was, you know, um, really invigorated by that whole process. And so I want to live a lifestyle that is able to like really spend time with as, as much family and close friends as possible. And I saw even, even before we like Cooper can attest to this. I was already talking about Airbnb and short term rentals, um, before, while we're, while we're looking at the long-term stuff. I thought like I had to have like long-term rentals first and build that up before I could, you know, go buy these, buy these, um, or get involved in these, um, short-term rentals. So I like Airbnb was kind of already in my, in my headspace from the start of my vision. And so when you kind of explain like, Hey, no, you can do this and really accelerate and like, you know, uh, get that. So basically my, my ideal lifestyle is to own, uh, own, basically short-term rental properties in all the locations that I have close family and friends, family, family priority, and be able to spend, you know, one to two to maybe even three months, um, in those properties and like, you know, you know, just foster those relationships and, um, and, you know, even help them with, uh, you know, um, just real estate investing as well, and be able to do business in all those different locations. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's
0: awesome.
1: uh, it. Was a big why
0: for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you've you've got a huge heart for helping family, for helping friends, but also, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, you were pregnant with your first at that time too, right? Yeah, or close to it. You were yes. trying. Yes. I know that.
1: Yes. No, no, we, yeah, yeah. No, we had just um, um, when we got our first property was pretty much when my daughter was born. Yeah. So, yeah, October fourteenth, twenty twenty. So yeah.
0: So that was, um, and you've, you've shared with me a little bit as well, that that was a big motivator for you to, to want to be home, want to be a present dad and, and things of that nature, right?
1: Yeah. The, the, the time freedom aspect that is just, you know, um, yeah, I really want to pour into, uh, you know, my, my children, um, and just really, really create, uh, uh, uh like, a long-lasting generational wealth for both, you know, you know, family morals and and um, you know, general
0: wealth. Yeah. Well, th- thank you for sharing. And and I want to go back to Cooper here for a second. So you know, we we said, and, and I was telling you guys too along the way, right? Like you, I know the frustration you were having, but you just need one. Just got to get one. Once you have one, there there's this momentum that starts to happen. So you get that one. What what happened after that? Like, did you start to see the momentum right away or did it take a little bit of time? What what created really that that next step for you guys to get more properties?
2: So the next step really uh, was get the place up and running. Yeah. So that, that's the ultimate goal is get this place actually becoming a business and getting expenses paid for my gas and all my trips down paid off. So that was that step. Uh, as Kyle Kyle said before we were pre-approved for a loan before all this so I think our next step um, knowing how the process went I wasn't too thrilled on diving back into going and trying to land more arbitrages as well as my goal personally getting into all this was owning and it was 100% my goal still Like I I like co-hosting, co-hosting is a great option, arbitrage has its pros and its cons, but owning in my opinion is the true secret to uh, getting out of the rat race and being able to more or less become your own boss as well as have ultimate freedom. If you Mm -hmm. own enough properties, you can then go wherever you wanna do. So we moved into owning and uh, we started looking for properties, not right away, but shortly after. And what we, October, November 1st was pretty much our first day on Airbnb. And I think we had located a good quality property after a couple other properties had fallen through. Um, We originally looked at a property that had three units on it, but needed work. And um, we ultimately didn't close on that one for a variety of uh, inspection reasons. And then, one of these properties that popped back up on the market, we jumped on it as fast as we could. We saw it pop back up on the market at a swimming pool, which in Fresno is one of those key factors that make an Airbnb really go. So finding those kind of key aspects of your market is a big deal. But as soon as we found that, uh, we were aggressive and we we got it. (laughs) And then from theirs that set up that property and then uh yeah so just
1: i uh, just want to uh, backtrack a little bit yeah. um so th- this property um we were actually kind of we were so we were discouraged by all the pitches we had started to move towards like well how how else can we kind of work on getting a property. We're, we're still, it wasn't like a pivot. It was more of like, let's multitask here a little bit. It's still, you know, some of the same focus. So of short-term rental, but, um, so, um, you know, I was doing a a lot more analysis and like, you know, being able to have that cross-checked with, um, with, you know, Stanley as our mentor at the time, it was, was giving me a lot of confidence, like, okay, we can, we can get this. And so, Um, I talked with my, uh, um, my sister about kind of what we're doing. And so, um, you know, we got her kind of like, and one of the big things, and this is kind of like where my, uh, Uh, a lot of my other education that I was doing besides just focusing on short-term rental that that Mm -hmm. was very helpful was like I know I I understood that like your DTI resets after that the the property's been producing for a year and one of my my sister's biggest concerns that I was able to kind of meet was like um she was able to qualify for purchasing a property um and and um you know I like showed her like, here, here's, you know, the overall deal and just kind of laid out the numbers. I just basically showed the analysis and showed what, you know, what we're looking at. And, um, you know, she was just kind of on board, very loving uh, sister for sure. Um, But basically, you know, we were able to structure that and um, get her to just like, okay, here's, here's, I need to be able to buy my primary next year. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's my plan. And, and, you know, I was like, I know that we can make that work. And um, I'm very happy to say she did buy her primary uh, nice. occupancy in February. So nice. we were able to, you know, have that uh, income producing asset. Um, and, and that was structured, but while we were doing that, right. I, as I said, I still had room for my loan. I'm actually not on the loan for that purchase of that property. Okay. okay. Because Because we actually purchased it as a primary occupancy and Cooper is on the loan. And so my sister was a a, a co-buyer or um, yeah, yeah, co-buyer on that. And so, you know, just with um, all the different resources, as well as like I had a family member that was in the mortgage business, all that additional like education was allowed us to have the confidence um, to really, you know, go into that purchase and do that. And then also fund the arbitrage. So I ended up going through a uh, business credit and uh, used um, uh, used a company to kind of help me a little bit with that process. Um, definitely have a better idea of how to do it by myself <laughs> next time around. But um, that, you know, I was able to qualify for business credit and be able to kind of fund all the furniture purchase for um the the arbitrage as well as ended up using it for the um for the uh basically purchase of the primary occupancy as well so we're able to kind of fund those two deals um you know with some business credit as well so we didn't have a lot of capital um, starting out yeah like pretty much no capital. So business credit, and then kind of leveraging like my, my sister's position and, and kind of helping under, understand the goals of what we're trying to do and, you know, really reduce her risk as well. Like, you know, that, that property, she is essentially has no risk because Cooper is the, is also on the loan. right? And, so, and we even have the idea of be, being able to refinance her off the loan after, yeah. and we're actually getting pretty close since it's, you know, been producing for um, a year and a half now. So
0: nice. yeah, we should
1: be able so, to do that. We just haven't because rates are up, but so, <laughs> so
0: really, really quick question there. How much money did you have to bring to this deal out of your own pockets for the, um, for the purchase, for the purchase zero. Okay. So you were able to use a primary residence because there's multiple units on this property. So Cooper lives in one and then you do an Airbnb out of the, the other unit. Um, yeah, you're able to raise the money from your sister who also, as I understand it was on the loan with Cooper, correct? Correct. And, and you're able to get all the financing of the furniture through business credit And now you own a piece of real estate, which as I know to be further in the story, you went and even did a little bit of construction on it so that you could raise the value. And now you have this cash flowing asset that you raised with other people's money. Uh, We're able to use a loan, a a really beneficial uh, kind of competitive standpoint of where your loan opportunity was with Cooper and your sister. And now your sister is part of the deal, getting money. Plus she was able to go get her primary residence the next year as well. There's so many wins that happen in that. Like, do you still look at that and now say, especially looking at the fact that it's it's a a property that's worth more than the day that you got it. You still kind of say like, how do we, did we just get away with highway robbery? Like what just happened
1: here? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, (laughs) it's definitely uh kind of crazy but you know when when you uh create those wins and just like um ha- you know have built those relationships cuz and you know I you know I, I might not have had a good relationship with my sister yeah my sister my sister but like you know we we have been fostering that relationship for a while and you know she's <laughs> sees what i've been able to just generally yeah. produce another part of my life because technically we didn't really have the proof of concept at that point um when we got the property under contract we mm. uh, we we had just kind of finished up the setup of the arbitrage
0: yeah so, well but what i think she saw and correct me if i'm wrong what she probably saw was that you guys were doing the dang thing it wasn't that she didn't it wasn't that she necessarily needed to see the numbers. She just needed to see that you were already doing it with another property. And that was enough for her to say, okay, like I can, I can do this because they're actually taking action. Is that, is that a good evaluation of that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so going back to the question I asked Cooper, it sounded like just getting that first property gave your sister, the confidence to be a lender in this deal. And, and then from there, you haven't, you done this another time or two with raising money from other people?
1: Yeah. So, um, we've done two other kind of private money deals. Um, so, uh, one is for the, uh, property in Oakhurst. So, mm. um, that was, that was basically a guy that was in my men's group. And so nice. Um, <clears throat> and I talk, <laughs> oh, man, this, this is definitely funny, but Basically, you know, I just happened to go golfing with, with that group that day. And, you know, you know, talking about, we just happened to be talking about just real estate stuff. And then he brought up like, yeah, no, I'm super stoked to be buying my, my um, condo in, in, in San Jose. And I'm like, oh, really? Um, so let's, you know, let's talk about that. And I basically convinced him to break his contract. Oh my gosh. for his condo in san jose (laughs) and um and we just kind of dove into it and he wanted to be in oakhurst um because there was a couple other um people in our network that were um doing the bass lake he wasn't super again it just depends on like personal preference but he understand that this like Uh, That he didn't want to do like a purchase of Fresno. So we, you know, we was like, okay, I'm going to go expand Oakhurst and capitalize on this client here. And so, um, you know, basically, I I wanted to do some ownership as well at that time. So um, um, at that time, I had for that timeline I had just sold my primary occupancy moved back in with my mom to be able to purchase my Colorado property mm. and thought, you know, I would have money left over to also purchase uh, this property in um, in Oakhurst so we were we were gonna go in just like an even 50/50 split um, kind of we kind of broke broke down some of the the options and ended up um, you know having some general educational changes in mindset as I educated him further about like how deal structure works and and certain things. So what we ended up doing, which really helped my position, he wanted to have more cash flow and was willing to give up equity in the property. So instead of doing a traditional 20% um, gross model, as well as at the time when we thought uh, the general understanding, because he was only going to be able to buy the property if it was uh, 10% down. And okay. so, um, I was trying to think of at the time, the, 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 the creative structure to purchase, um, with, uh, a 10% down without, you know, having any sort of, cause I, I didn't fully understand the, the, the legal aspects of, you know, whether you have, you can't hire a professional manager. That was like something that we were trying to kind of work through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in, in order to to kind of make that work for him to buy as a second home, the kind of deal strategy that we uh, were able to come up with also, you know, increasing his cash flow was I'd get 50% equity in the property, and then it would be a 65-35 split on the overall um, cash flow. And so we are going to have an LLC that he was going to have ownership in that was managing the property. So that like worked with the, at the time worked with the, the concept of a second home, um, um, mortgage laws besides the two weeks that you have to live there. So, um, that's kind of like how that deal sort of ended up, uh, working out and there's more to it, but you know, uh, just kind of being able to <laughs> talk with him and, and, um, um, and, and break that down. And as yeah. well as like, his, his, his hearing about like other people that were in the Oakhurst market, you know, help, help that mindset. But I was able to break down the numbers, um, just kind of go over that with him about like certain things that I was doing. Cause I had, I had arbitrage numbers at that point. I had some, you know, some of the um uh, numbers from our, Uh, from our primary occupancy. Mm -hmm. And that was able to kind of convince him as well as, uh, you know, I just, I think I, we, we do deal analysis pretty well with how I, you know, presents the whole air DNA stuff. And that was able to convince him to do that. So,
0: yeah. So, I mean, it it just sounds like you're, you're solving problems for people, you know, that, and that's what we do. Right. Uh, So I guess one of the, the questions I have just to follow up on that is you both are taking very different roles in, in your business. Um, Kyle, you're doing a lot of the deal analysis. It sounds like you're doing a lot of some of the relationship building. Um, Cooper, you're actually in Fresno. So I know you've been helping a lot with the operations. of uh, how, how are you divvying up roles? Um, so that you both know that you're not either stepping on each other's toes or that you're able to move this thing forward even faster.
1: You want to take that, or you want me to? Yeah, take that? that's for that's for Cooper. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Um, I think it's kind of a mix of everything. Um, I think there's an aspect that people think of stepping on other people's toes, but I also think if the job gets done, the job gets done. So if someone asks you to, or if Kyle asks me to help out and do this, all right, I'll drop what I'm doing and do it right now. Like, um, I know as far as Divi as far as uh, divvying stuff out goes, we kind of started it with one kind of thing. We readjusted, like I handle everything in Fresno. Anything that's in person, involves the units is my responsibility. So um, there's certain aspects of that where it's uh, cleaners. I handle the cleaners most of the time. But as you really start to, as we started to grow, we've been able to get VAs and mm-hmm. have them take a lot off our plate, like messaging at the beginning. I can speak really well, I believe. But when I'm texting, I'm dyslexic. So right. there's mis there's mispronunciations everywhere. So Kyle was one of the people who was um, messaging. He And it like, I could message, don't get me wrong, but it would take me three to four times mm-hmm. to just make sure everything is right versus Kyle could kind of just whip it out and send it. So that was one of the, the first type of things we figured out was I shouldn't be doing messaging, Kyle do messaging. But as soon as we hired VAs, that was off the plate.
0: Yeah.
2: So, cool. um, and then the other thing I think that really helps is business meetings to go over what needs to be done. Yeah. We have weekly meetings. And once we handle those meetings, we kind of figure out what each of us need to do, come back n- next week and discuss what happened this last week.
1: Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Go ahead, Kyle.
1: Yeah, just a little expand a little bit. We yeah. did like there, you know, I, again with the, 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 previous education with bigger pockets, some of the stuff that we learned a little bit about like partnerships and stuff like that. Um, we did like when we first did our like general, uh, agreement. Um, we did kind of try to b- split up some of the job responsibilities, but yeah, things kind of change. Um, and as long as you're able to both be, you know, kind of move in agreement with each other and make those changes, then it, it it works out. There's there you know there's definitely disagreements, but we we've had a long long lasting friendship with each other that you know I think built that that trust overall. And so you know it made it made it a little bit easier to to, to make those changes when changes were, were needed. So, and awesome. and we held the main concepts of when we first went in too. And I think that's important, you know, talking about like, okay, what, what is the main concepts of what each of us are trying to do? And then, you know, yeah, things may change, especially when you're new, when you are gaining all that experience, it's just like you, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. So
0: yeah absolutely absolutely well guys we're getting towards the end here if you have any questions for kyle and cooper please make sure to comment here uh we can get them in there but um i've got two questions before we wrap up first of all looking back uh to where you started i believe it was december 2020 is when you or right around then the winter of 2020 was when you guys were kind of just getting your your feet wet now you're at 15 units um, you know, talk about just the 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 idea of this. You know, you mentioned having me as a mentor. Why was it that straight from the get go you were looking for a mentor rather than just saying, "Hey, I want to go and just make some mistakes on my own and figure it out on my own"?
1: So, I mean, the acceleration is massive. Yeah. Like, and the confidence boost is also massive. So, uh, you know, there are definitely people that are full go getters, and like you, you also kind of you become like you're like i go get in my own certain way because of the experience that i've been able to gain through the mentorships but in general it's the acceleration of of knowledge and just making less mistakes like that's a huge huge component of it so it's um you know having to form everything uh it's it's definitely doable but generally speaking you're probably going to make a lot more uh more mistakes than the previous person that's you know
0: yeah Awesome.
1: Cooper.
2: And then I, I've always heard of the stat, blank number of businesses fail in blank number of years. Yeah. Why wouldn't I get my best opportunity to start off right away the best way possible? Why am I going to go try and make mistakes and maybe have it fail because I made one too many mistakes?
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it, guys. Well, I'm super proud of what you both have been able to do in such a short amount of time. I know that you're not stopping here. There's going to be, you know, uh, 20, then 30, then 40. I'm, I'm excited to see you guys get to that point. Uh, what is next for you guys? What are you either working on right now? Or what's kind of that, uh, that next goal for you?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that, that's great. So like, uh, Brecken, Breckenridge was really good for my overall mindset, as well as, as Coopers, but definitely, like, there was a, a, a really good shift there. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> and it's been my focus, but like, there was, there was confidence reduction with some of the, some of the mistakes that, you know, we didn't get into on this, but like my Colorado property, which is still cash flowing and still like a good ROI. I just did the numbers and it's like, but I didn't get my short-term rental permit. So that was like a confidence reduction in like my ability. So again, I had a mindset shift. um, And so we are, and we're, we're really trying to laser focus in on what's going to allow me to quit in the next five months. Um, when my second basically when my second baby is born here and so um that we we just talked about it last night is like okay we're gonna really laser because fo- we're kind of thinking about a couple different avenues but uh 10 properties um co-hosting that's our main focus and gonna be the fresno or the uh um bass lake oakhurst Yo- yosemite area that's kind of like where we're where we're really laser focusing here um as well as profit first model, that's like a big thing that has to be set up in yeah. order for us to, to, for, for me to actually pay myself. I just kind of got through most of most of that book on Sunday, and those were the big two shifts that like I that, that, that really need to happen for our business to, to, to really take it to an even further left, uh, further level after that. So um, that's, that's, the, that's the next five, six months here. So let's do it. Let's do it.
0: Anything you want to add to that, Cooper?
2: No, uh, or I can add a little bit. But again, the goal is to get more properties. Um, We the other aspect I want to go over briefly is going back to our our internal networks. Mm -hmm. I think that is a very um, viable spot. And we have relationship with most of these people rather than uh, co-hosting with people who are like they don't know us as well or whatever. So I think going back to the internal networks, seeing if anyone's interested in there. Um, I know I have a friend whose family runs hotels. So I'm, I'm, I have to talk to him, see if he's interested in Airbnbs, see what can happen with that conversation. But I think it, your internal network is really powerful and you never know who you're going to meet until you're down the road. Awesome. That's That's all our... Um... That's basically been all our co-host
1: deals. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Relationships, we've talked a lot about it today. And I think especially with this idea of building your net worth with other people's money, it doesn't happen through a good deal. It happens through good relationships. So congrats, guys. Uh, Really excited for everything that you've already done. Excited for what you're going to be doing. And thank you for jumping on today and helping everyone to conquer the world of Airbnb. You guys are awesome. Show notes for this one, fearlesskyle.com forward slash smooth. Water Properties. That's the name of their business, Smooth Water Properties. That's going to get you to our show notes on this one so that you can recap everything. You can listen to it again. And what I love about their story, once again, is it's a strong reason why. Anytime we talk to anyone in this business who's trying or trying to get into this business, one of the first things we ask is, why do you need this business? And if it's a want, uh, we find that most people just don't have what it takes because they don't have a strong enough reason to get through that rejection, to get through those no's, to get through the the obstacles that come with doing a short-term rental business. But if you need to make this work, that's what's going to make you successful. So if you're serious about getting into short-term rentals, just like Kyle and Cooper did, they use me as a mentor. You can do the same thing. All you have to do is comment on this video, 6FF, or if you listen on the podcast, or even if you're on the YouTube channel, go and email me, info at fearlesskyle. Dot com, info at fearlesskyle.com, put 6ff as the subject line, and we can have one of our team members reach out to you and talk about what we can do to help you get started in this business and take it to six figures and beyond, just like Kyle and Cooper have done, just like a ton of our students have done. And they've done it, most of them, in less than a year. All you have to do, once again, email me info at with the subject line 6ff, and we can help you out ASAP. That's it today for the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're helping you to conquer the world of Airbnb and short-term rentals. We'll see you again.